At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. The T-Biz Podcast delivers T-News that you need to know. A recap of the week's major headlines with commentary and cultural trends hosted by Dan Bolton. It is the voice of origin for tea professionals and enthusiasts worldwide. Think of us as a digital caravan of storytellers, bringing authentic, authoritative, and exclusive stories to you weekly from the tea lands. Hello, everyone. Here are this week's headlines. American consumers say the worst of the coronavirus pandemic has passed. Expect strong venture capital support for retail in 2022. Come join TBiz on the floor at World Tea Conference plus Expo and listen how the Boba guys are building a gateway to tea. More in a minute, but first, this important message. What makes a perfect cup of Ceylon tea? The perfect cup is from the tea businesses that ensure the protection of all the children living within their tea estates. We salute Kailani Valley, Telawakili, Bogawanthalawa, Harana, and Eliftia Tea Estates. Support Save the Children, Sri Lanka. Since the onset of the pandemic, surveys of restaurant operators and retail grocers and restaurant goers indicate their greatest fears have seesawed between the economic crisis and public health crisis. COVID continues to threaten health and wealth on a massive scale. But in 2022, the view is that COVID is a greater threat to business than well-being. In its latest study of consumers, conducted March 9th and 10th, market research firm Data Central found that 71% of Americans say, quote, the worst of the pandemic is behind us, end quote. CoreSight Research's March 14th, 2022 survey of U.S. consumer behavior and expectations indicated that public avoidance is below 50% as a return to normality gathers pace. Data Central's CEO Jack Lee writes, quote, There may never be an official end to the coronavirus pandemic, but post-COVID life has to start sometime, somehow, end quote. Lee said that about one in five people no longer worry about getting covid well below the 63% on March 5th, 2020, who said that they were very concerned. About a quarter, 23%, definitely avoid dining out, and 34% are nervous but will still eat out. The remaining 42% say they have no concerns whatsoever. At least a third of respondents consider going to a nightclub, eating at a buffet-style restaurant, visiting a self-service super salad venue, 
or having drinks at a pub or bar to still be too risky. A majority consider delivery, carry-out, and dining at outdoor patios as not risky at all. The prevalence of economic challenges is pushing public health fears to the side, writes Lee. Currently, 56% say the economic crisis is the greater threat, up three percentage points since February 16th. Two-thirds of workers who have not returned to an office would prefer to stay working at home at least some of the time, a trend that will lower guest counts at lunch, the most valuable day part for tea sales. While two in five consumers have resumed dining out the way they did before COVID, 27% say it will take one to two years for life in their local community to return to normal. Business Insight Investors frozen by uncertainty in 2020 are anticipating a rapid return to normal. In 2021, the overall value of venture capital funding transactions in the U.S. retail and consumer goods industry more than doubled from 2020 to $6.5 billion, despite a slight reduction in the number of transactions, according to CoreSight Research. VC financing transactions include companies in the consumer discretionary and consumer stable sectors, such as breweries, food retailers, direct marketing retailers, packaged foods and beverage manufacturers, and restaurants, among others. Quote, we expect the strong retail-focused VC funding trends in terms of value in the U.S., to continue in 2022, end quote, writes Corsite. Hi, this is Mackenzie Bailey on the floor with the Tea Biz podcast. We're here at the 20th anniversary of the World Tea Expo, and boy, is there a level of excitement on the floor. We've got tea vendors, customers, and attendees of the adjacent bar and restaurant show all mingling together, all excited about new products. We're going to speak with some of the tea vendors on the floor and see how this event is going for them. This is Mackenzie on the floor with TBiz Podcast, interviewing Thomas Sue, CEO of Starry Foods. What's new with your product line this year? We're a brand new company, so this year all the product lines are new. And I've been into the boba tea industry for three years. We're just carrying whatever in trend from Asian market. We're trying to make it popular in the U.S. market as well. All of them are very interested into the mango and the peach. Those two are the most popular. What's new at the World Tea Expo this year? Everything is pretty much new. I love it. We have so many people asking us so many questions. The good thing is we're learning from others. This is Mackenzie Bailey on the floor with TBiz Podcast with Susumu from Maramatu. What's new with your product line this year? We bring Japanese tea which is tastes very clear and very pure. And you're catering to the cold brew trend emerging in the North American market? Yeah, this is uh, one way of the enjoy the Japanese tea. What's new at the World Tea Expo this year? Sharing the, the new Japanese tea to the people in the world. This time, the World Tea Expo is together with the bar and the restaurant. I believe that's 
meeting with the two industries. This is Mackenzie Bailey on the floor for TIPA's podcast with Pratik Rajal. Hi, Mackenzie. Thank you for stopping by our booth. Here we are brewing some white tea, oolong, kumari gold, which is a black tea, and a chai. So this year we are planning to follow that wellness trend. So we are looking forward to bring in more herbal blends, chamomile and other blends like lemongrass and green tea. What's new at the World Tea Expo this year? Um, so it's fascinating to see a lot of new tea brands coming in. Um, like the Chai Box was just featured out in Opera. So it's amazing to see restaurants are coming in here to see if they can incorporate teas uh, into their bars or restaurants. So that's really great to see the collaboration that can eventually happen in the future. Michael Harney, what's new at the World Tea Expo? Well, we're, we're having an expo would be the first thing that's new. We're seeing people we haven't seen in two years. It's been uh, kind of fun to try to restart this thing after two years in the fridge. We had a little celebration last night for uh, many of the luminaries, uh, including my father, John. It's looking like it's going to be a good season in Darjeeling. It's going to be a good year. Now, at Harney & Sons, we took advantage of the little hiatus we were on. We retooled our uh, food service look and um, we've introduced a whole new wellness line. Everyone was interested in trying to survive and get better. And we just did over our bottles, so they're ready to drinks. We have a new look on them, which is a little bit more distinctive. We have the Hemp Division, which is our sister company. We've been doing CBD and just applied for a um, marijuana growing license, which became legal in the state of Connecticut, uh, New York. We have a lot of stuff percolating around at Harney & Sons. Uh, we're excited to be uh, sort of the old guard here of this uh, tea industry and uh, welcome people into it. Best wishes, Dan. Bianco, tell us a little bit about yourself. We just started heavily marketing our retail brand, Shadow Tea Room, in 2020. That was the perfect time to push, and we saw a huge success doing that online. Uh, we've been in Forbes magazine, and when we were in Forbes the first couple of times, we, we saw an increase in our sales. We've managed to keep that those sales steady since they've happened. We've been very fortunate. We've had so many different like magazine outlets and, and people coming up to us and we've been on uh, KTLA 5 from the LA area. That's the new station to be on. We've been working with PR agencies to bring these things to light. We have planned to continue growing our retail brand for the future. Chato's been around for 30 years and we're barely touching the surface of what it could be. It is so important to stay up to date on the different methods of digital marketing and to stay up to date on how marketing is changing frequently, you know, all of the platforms that are there. It's, it's crazy the kind of exposure that you get from those kinds of things. So that's the importance of digital marketing, honestly. The World Tea Expo has been wonderful because it supports the goal of getting more people interested in tea and tea tourism through all the tastings. The thing that I'm really seeing is there is a lot of interest in education and there's a lot of interest in exploration and buying trips. The World Tea Expo is a great place to be able to engage with people who are doing that. What's new at the World Tea Expo this year? I'm definitely seeing a lot of new business building opportunities. A lot of people want to start tea companies and they do need to be empowered with more information, education and sourcing. And they're really able to get that here at the expo. This is Mackenzie Bailey with TBiz Podcast here on the floor with Manjeev Jayakumar. What's new with your product line this year? 
What's new for us at Qtrade Teas and Herbs is that many of our clients are looking for manufacturing credentials. We are focusing on providing manufacturing solutions for the supplement industry to support that segment. Because tea is increasingly sold as vitamins in North America. What's new at the World Tea Expo this year? People are talking again. People are back. We're seeing many of our clients and vendors after two to three years. Everybody is very enthusiastic about talking about the future. Whereas in the past, everybody was focused on surviving. Arvinda Anantaraman in Bengaluru reports on this week's tea auction prices. India Tea Price Report for the week ending 12th March 2022. All eyes remain on the Ukraine crisis. Concerns continue about exports. North India auctions did not take place last week. In the south, the orthodox market suffered as exporters remained reticent. Cochin saw only about 59% uptake of orthodox leaf, with Hindustan Unilever lending much-needed support. Kunur too saw a similar trend, with CTC leaf performing better than orthodox. In Darjeeling, first flush teas have begun to make their entry into the market. We caught up with Sanjay Chaudhary of Ringtong Tea Estate, who says crop and quality of the first flush should be decent, and while exports, which Darjeeling is heavily dependent on, may be affected, Sanjay points out the silver lining, and he says there's a huge potential for good quality Darjeeling teas, which meet international food safety standards, to be available to the domestic market, once again reiterating the need to build the Indian domestic market beyond chai. Sanjay's bigger concern is to see how mechanisms can be enforced to prevent non-Darjeeling teas from selling as Darjeeling, a cause which he's been fighting actively over the last year. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hello, I'm Bogdan, a passionate tea drinker and the inventor of the ultimate tea machine, the Brewmaker One. Preparation is key to making fine tea. Sequential steepings deliver the best taste possible and unlock the true value of whole leaf teas and botanicals. Brew automates that process without using any pots or capsules. This simple to operate smartphone control device stores steeping profiles to consistently make great tea at the push of a button. Brew also reduces time, waste and energy. That's because I engineered the brew to remember control settings for temperature, brewing time, and quantity. Using my patented process lets you stack steep simply and conveniently. This week, TBiz traveled to Las Vegas for the World Tea Conference Plus Expo, where Boba Tea CEO Andrew Chow, a featured speaker, explains how relentless attention to quality elevated a simple mix of melt tea and tapioca to a $3 billion global segment that is enticing a generation of non-tea drinkers to give tea a try. Boba guys make their drinks with real fruit, real melt, real foam cheese, raw sugar, and real tea, brewed from loose-leaf oolong and other quality varietals, and served with tapioca balls made in their own factory. The bustling chain, now with 20 locations in San Francisco, Los Angeles, and New York City, was co-founded by Andrew Chow and Ben Chin. Thanks for joining us this week, Andrew. 
Why is bubble tea a gateway for exploring tea in depth? Uh, great question. Thanks for having me on this podcast and asking already such tough questions. I hope I don't insult anybody by saying that you need boba. You need what we're doing in order to experience tea. There's millennia of history with tea. So I'm not saying that we're rewriting all of that history. I think it's the gateway now is because we do know, you know, culture, that's what we do for a living. We're, tea is, is, is something that's drunk, drank over thousands of years. And it's, it's basically a cultural product. In certain countries, it's normal. In certain places, coffee is normal. It's at certain places, it's mate is normal. What makes something normal? What makes it kind of more accessible and ingested into the culture? So when I say it's a gateway drink, what I mean by that is it's how a lot of people get into tea. You get into the, de- the deep parts of tea. We're talking about basic things like knowing what a oolong is, knowing the difference between uh, what is puer, where does tea come from in the world? That type of depth is kind of like a gate. There's a drink that I really love in Taiwan where my parents are from. And one, it's called like a high mountain oolong, sometimes a dongding oolong, frozen summit oolong. They're kind of buttery kind of similar taste profile. And then you put like a crema on top. It's crema is like a, like a sometimes milk or some people call it cheese. And sometimes you get that milk mustache and you're drinking it along with the tea. It's almost like a milk tea, but you're, you're really tasting the body of the drink, which is primarily in this case, an oolong base. We sell a teguanying, which is an iron goddess tea with a, with a milk cap or a foam. And that's how so many people get in. So the idea of you getting interested to even order a, you know, a frozen summit oolong. Yes, you're having it with milk. Maybe there's some sugar in it, but you really are starting to understand the profile of that flavor when you probably would have just drank a Frappuccino uh, 10 years ago. That's what we do is we really push the envelope. We source our own tea. Our tea brand also pushes kind of innovation, meaning we do nitro tea because with, with nitro, it allows you to have kind of a more of a body on the, the tea. And so you can taste more of the nuances of, of the tea that you wouldn't just get if you just kind of taste it on a, a, a hot water steam. So what we do then is get people involved. A gateway is basically like the beachhead, right? It's like where people enter. So you're going to enter by drinking a simple milk oolong, a teguanying oolong, a dongding oolong, an English breakfast tea, a Ceylon tea. And then you put that in a boba format. The Boba Gateway you described doesn't have a sign on it announcing no one over 35 allowed. Boba Guy shops are filled with people of all ages eating and slurping and conversing. They are animated and interact as they poke and play with their wide diameter straws. Boba is experiential, a drinking occasion that mingles quality tea and a memorable experience. Will you talk about these aspects? A lot of people sometimes would say boba is a fad. I'm like, well, how is it a fad if 2 billion people drink milk tea or have tapioca every day? When boba first came out, it was kind of deserty, right? Because historically, it was on an island of Taiwan in, in, in Taizong, which is a city in Taiwan. And, you know, you have kind of the dessert culture, which you said you grew up with tapioca and, and cassava, which is what it's made out of, right? It's a plant. And it's from natively, it's actually Brazil. So like the Portuguese and Spaniards brought it over to Southeast Asia, some people say. And that's why you have similar dessert culture, like flan, cassava pudding, uh, and, and cassava cake across Southeast Asia. We're talking about like Malaysia, Philippines, and, and any of the Spanish colonies and Portuguese colonies. So you had 
ties there. And then that, that dessert, that pudding got put into a milk tea culture, which had existed through, whether it's in Europe, there's milk tea culture, Middle East, there's milk tea culture. And even in Asia, like Mongolia, Russia, there's milk tea culture. culture. So I think what just happened was it caught on again in kind of like the modern times as a, uh, as a, as a kid's drink, because the teenagers drank it and they did load it with a lot of sugar. I was one of those kids, but as I got older, I don't know about you, but I, my metabolism kind of like sucks now. So I have to watch that. And so when we created, you know, both our brands, T people and Boba guys, we, we purposely made it accessible. So the formats and the taste profiles tasted like what people would want in a Frappuccino or a mid mojito, but we kind of obviously lowered the sugar content. We use more natural sugars, more of the raw sugars, and we make our own sugar. We don't have any fructose in our, in our stores. So that is kind of how we made it accessible. How do we make it accessible in this case to Americans? It's something I can just have casually. Well, yeah, if you don't want to drink and you want to have like a, a slight, uh, like a tea buzz and, and you're, or you're young and you just are not an alcohol drinker, go, go grab Boba. And that's what you're seeing now. It's now become like this, this hangout spot for people. And I just love talking about tea culture. You would never a decade ago hear a reg, an everyday American just talk about oolongs. You just, you would hear them talk about green tea and black tea. That's it. I think we've come a long way. I it's, it's, we want to be much more inclusive. Intrigued by what you heard in today's podcast? Would you like to learn more from our global network of tea biz journalists and tea experts? Remember to visit the TBiz website for more comprehensive coverage. That's www.t-bizbiz.com. Thanks for listening. Farewell till next week. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.